1: Are you listening? 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 my G. Are you listening? 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 Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Are You Listening Podcast, where two friends sit and talk about a specific record. Every week for about an hour or so. Uh, my name is Scott, and I'm here with my friend Brand. Brand, how are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. We try to keep it at an hour, at least I do in the editing bay. Yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Timing up comes out. down to him. I, I have nothing to do with that. Yeah, if I if we put these out raw, these would be an hour and a half, hour forty five, easy. Yeah, easy. Even for the ones that like we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> yeah yeah there's very few that i have to go oh i don't gotta cut much from this like there's always at least like 20 minutes i gotta
1: get out oh yeah just random nonsense that happens
0: yeah and then of course me fact-checking myself because i just talk on here like an asshole and then i'm, I'm listening i'm like that doesn't sound right and then i <laughs> fact-check myself I'm like i gotta get out of that thing that's wrong that I,
1: that is wrong <laughs> backpedal this week we're here talking about jimmy world And their record Futures. The reason this album was picked for you to listen to. uh, Was because when this episode comes out. It's the Wednesday before my wife Emily's birthday. And Jimmy World is her favorite band. And Futures is her favorite record from them. So happy birthday to my beautiful wife Emily. I love you so much.
0: Happy birthday Emily. I would sing the From First to
1: Last Emily song. If I had any singing skill at all. I used to sing that to her when we lived in separate houses at night like we'd call each other at the end of the night and i would like sing her to sleep and that's one that i would sing to her you know what? i totally don't remember the words to that song anymore
0: <laughs> that's fair i listen to it a lot i actually love that record that whole record's great although that that track is a very different track compared to the rest of that record
1: oh yeah it's totally out of place in that album but it's it's really good really good song yeah
0: my only experience with unique world was uh sweetness i knew sweetness don't know why downloaded it from limewire i imagine or even Kaza, probably Kaza. Mm. and yeah. then of course middle because that was a huge track it was everywhere but
1: other than that i don't think i Gigantic. know well now you know an album
0: now i do know an album i'm not about to say it anymore because it will lean which way
1: i'm thinking about it so i'm just gonna <laughs> we're broadening your horizons at least Jimmy World is an American rock band that formed in Mesa, Arizona in 1993. The band is composed of lead vocalist and guitarist Jim Adkins, guitarist and backing vocalist Tom Linton, bassist Rick Birch, and drummer Zach Lind. They've released 10 studio albums, the last nine featuring the current lineup. Uh, Mitch Porter played bass for the band from 93 to 95, including recording on the band's self titled 94 album. But after that record, He, he, he was, he was gone.
0: They're definitely a band that are very much a band. Like I never heard any of those names before. I couldn't have named any of them for a million dollars.
1: Yeah. The only reason I could is because Emily had a huge crush on Jim Adkins. So, okay. Yeah. (laughs) The band originally formed with a punk rock sound with Linton singing most of the lead vocals. During this formative period, the band claimed their influences were bands such as Mr. T Experience, Radon, and Horace Pinker. Two of those I do not know at all. Uh, the only one I know is Mr. T Experience.
0: I heard Radon from, uh, by the way, not I don't know Radon the band, but here's a deep cut. <laughs> Radon. Gotcha. No, it's Ray on. I'm thinking of Ray on Ray on is the name of the street ball basketball team that Cal Mitchell is a part of in like Mike Two that he's like the bad guy and he plays against his like cousin's brother's nephew or something.
1: You're welcome, Wow. I have no idea about any of that. <laughs> The band's name came from a crayon drawing made after an incident between Linton's younger brothers, Jim and Ed Linton, who fought frequently. Jim usually won, but Ed sought revenge by drawing a picture of Jim shoving the earth into his mouth. The picture bore the caption, Jimmy Eat World. That's awesome.
0: But I also love yeah. any time that you say the word crayon. 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 We've been over this before, remember? <laughs> it was in a different episode. You said crane, I said crayon, and we went back and forth (laughs) saying crayon, 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 crayon. Crayon. It's just your accent. Crayon. That's one of the words you hear.
1: It's so weird. It's so funny. Like, I don't see myself as having an accent, and I'm sure you don't see yourself as having an accent. And most of the time when we speak, I don't pick up on any accent between the two of us. But then, yeah, we'll come across like one word or another. And it's just funny how differently we pronounce them.
0: Yeah, just such a regional dialect. Like, that's just all it is. It's just where you're at. Everybody around you says it. So
1: that's how you hear it. Yeah, it's so funny. Eventually, spurred by bands such as Sunny Day Real Estate, the band began to experiment with slower tempos and more varied song structures. As they continued to write and tour, they began to attract major label attention, specifically from Capitol Records, who offered the band a deal in 1995 following the release of their album Static Prevails in 1998 the band began working on their next album Clarity which marked the beginning of Adkins's primary role as lead vocalist and Linton's focus becoming primarily guitar work so they switched up vocalists after their first record basically okay and they both they both seemed to agree upon it yeah because after that i think maybe there's a song or two in the next like nine albums that linton lead vocaled at all the band decided to record his next album without the help of a label supporting themselves with touring and taking on day jobs and saving as much as they could to spend on recording sessions after bleed american was finished the band scouted for a new label and eventually signed with dreamworks the album contained the track the middle which became the band's biggest single reaching number five on the billboard hot 100 the album reached platinum certification. However, after the September 11th attacks, the band decided to reissue the album as Jimmy World out of concern that the title Bleed American might be misinterpreted. And I actually remember that happening because when I bought the CD, it was still titled Bleed American. But then I think I, think I like wore it out or, or went to go buy one for Emily and the title had changed over to Jimmy World. That's wild.
0: Although, if there is one thing, if I would have bet money, like if you would have asked me where the middle was in the Billboard charts, I'd have said number one, hands down.
1: Yeah, I was surprised that it was only number five as well, because it was huge. And it wasn't it in some movies and stuff, too. I feel like it was. I think it was in a lot. I think it was in a lot of movies. After lengthy touring in support of Bleed American, the band brought in producer Gil Norton, who worked with the Pixies, the Foo Fighters, Dashboard Confessional, and the Distillers to work on the band's fifth studio album, Futures. Described as encompassing several rock styles, Futures included more solos and complex guitar parts than past releases, intended to expand on the atmosphere of their third studio album, Clarity. The songs on the album were compared to the work of Jets to Brazil and Maritime, while some of the guitar parts echoed the sound of Fugazi and Husker Du. I have never heard of Maritime at all
0: other than who's going and do Fugazi. I, I don't know if I've heard one other band mentioned this episode so far. Like there's just oh, so really? many being thrown around that are so out of my realm. I just never listened to them. I'm not even aware of them.
1: Right. Jets to Brazil, I believe was the side project of the singer from jawbreaker. If I'm not mistaken,
0: never in my life would I have thought even like pondered the side projects of a guy from jawbreaker.
1: i was really into jawbreaker for a while
0: (laughs) i definitely think i listened to a record but i I don't i don't know i don't think i really there aren't many bands that made me care enough to venture into side projects or even look
1: for them sure i can see that i usually don't but there are some that i yeah specifically go to because of you know there one band member from a different band moved on to do a different band and i get interested Mm -hmm. at least Futures was released on October 19, 2004 and was met with favorable reactions from music critics, many of whom found it an enjoyable listen and praised the songwriting. The album charted at number six on the Billboard 200 after selling 98,000 copies in its first week. It would go on to sell over 615,000 copies and be certified gold by the Recording Industry Association of America. That's That's a solid sale for that record. Yeah. I mean... 98,000 in the first week is pretty big. And it had to be like just anticipation because of the middle. Uh, Yeah, I would say that that definitely put it over. Futures was promoted with headlining tours of the U.S., Europe, and Japan before the band toured with Green Day in the U.S., the U.K., and Australia. So Jimmy World was opening for Green Day promoting futures while green day was promoting american idiot i believe
0: boy would i have fought to get away from that
1: show when that came, when that was happening <laughs> we went to that show emily and i with uh our friends nick and sean i would have paid money to not go to that show it was a good show we had floor floor tickets like general admission tickets to it it was kind of it's the palace of auburn hills where the detroit pistons used to play emily and i got up pretty close during the Jimmy world set, which was really great. They had like lights that looked like stars and the, the backdrop was, it was like just a black backdrop with lights shining in it. Great show. We went back and back to towards the back again, when green day started playing and a couple songs in their set. I think I turned to talk to Emily and I looked back and Jim Adkins was standing back behind us so you you met him or you just saw him standing no we saw him standing and then i looked at emily and I said go talk to him she was like no i can't go talk to him i was like just go talk to him just say hey love the set great show just say hi she's like no i was like come on let's go and i pulled her over we walked over to him and i was like man we love the album great set great show you know thanks for coming to town and we really love your music and he was like, oh, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. And he looked up at, at the stage. And he was like, you know, Green Day puts on a great show, too. And Emily turned to him and said, we came here just for you. It, w- it was the funniest. Thi- <laughs> it was the funniest thing.
0: There's uh, I may have mentioned this on an Acacia Strain episode, but we would always anytime they came to Pittsburgh, we'd go see him at my favorite Pittsburgh venue, the altar bar, which is now gone. But we would go early, like find a parking spot, and then just like walk around outside the venue, go eat some pizza, do whatever. And oh yeah, saw Vincent, the lead singer of Acacia Train, like just kind of helping like move equipment and shit in and out, and like walking in and walked by him and just said, "What's up?" And Terry's like, "Why don't you talk to him?" And I was like, "And I'm I'm where Emily was. I was like, No, what, no, I can't talk to him. He's he's just a guy. Like he doesn't <laughs> want to be bothered like that. He's not he's not on the clock right now to be." talking to people, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. So I, I never did though. I didn't, she didn't drag me to go talk to him. Like
1: you did her. Oh yeah. I was, I, I, I was mean. <laughs> I, I think you and Emily were on different, different levels of that. Like you seemed more like, ah, oh, nah, it's not really my place. You know, he's just being a regular dude right now. Whereas Emily, I think was completely just starstruck.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, it was definitely, i mean don't get me wrong i was still a little starstruck because i mean here's the lead singer of my favorite band like period so i was a little starstruck which probably made me nervous and then made me rationalize like no he doesn't want to hear me fucking slobbing all over him whereas
1: emily just couldn't get the words out of her mouth (laughs) it was funny we came here for you you. (laughs) it's true those were the only things that came out of her mouth it was so funny and he's I feel like he said something like, But Green A Greenay puts on a good show, and she's like, No, just you
0: <laughs> like
1: like cartoon oh, so. hearts
0: flying around the head. For
1: real. Yeah. <laughs> we were in Snow White and birdies were flying all over the place.
0: <laughs> like how like the scent from a pie used to pick people up from their like legs
1: and they would just float along. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got the the Billboard Hot 100 for October 19th, 2004. I got the the top five. We have coming in at number five, Lose My Breath by Destiny's Child. I don't think I know that one. I, I of course, know Destiny's Child, but I don't know that track. I know of Destiny's Child. I couldn't pick out a single track from Destiny's Child ever, I don't think. Oh, you, you definitely know Say My Name. Was that Destiny's Child or is that just Beyonce?
0: That's Destiny's Child. Same with Bills, 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 I believe, is also Destiny's Child. I don't know Bills Bills Bills. I know Say My Name though. What's their biggest What's their biggest hit? I, I Imagine Say My Name. Bugaboo was a big one. Yeah, Bills 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 went number 1, Say My Name went number 1. Jumpin' Jumpin' went number 3. Independent Women Part 1 went number
1: 1. Oh, you know Survivor, you know Bootylicious. Don't do that to me. Oh, I do know those. I don't know any of the other ones, but I know Survivor and Bootylicious. Coming in at number four, we have My Place by Nelly featuring Jaheim. I, I don't know that one off the top of my head. Coming in at number three, we have Lean Back by Terror Squad. Oh, Fat Joe. That was a song
0: that helped me as... I think we... we this may have come up before because it helped me as a, an awkward, larger kid realize I can just hang out. Like You don't need to be a, a break dancer. You don't need to do that. I, I don't know the song, so... <laughs> um it's me and my don't dance we just pull up her pants and do the rock away now lean back lean back
1: lean back lean gotcha. back great video too coming in at number two we have my boo by usher featuring alicia keys i think i love that song I think i was a big fan of that song i think i liked it but i can't remember it now was there a lot of back
0: and forth between usher and alicia keys I think so, but Boo was being thrown around so much of the time where it was in everything.
1: Yeah, maybe that's why I can't pick out the song in particular, because it was, like, in every song. Uh, and then coming in at number one, we have Goodies by Sierra featuring Petey Pablo. Wow, <laughs> oh, Petey Pablo's
0: back. Sierra also. Holy <laughs> hell. Like, we've we've briefly mentioned her before. I didn't know she killed the charts the way she did. I did not know.
1: Yeah, I... Di- I- if you asked me if Sierra had ever been number one on the Billboard Hot 100, I, I would have guessed no. A few other songs on the Hot 100 that we might know. Uh, number 14, Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson. You can't miss an
0: opportunity to bring her up. Anytime there's an opportunity, you just got to wedge Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson is your Limp Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's true. I
1: think but it if she's, in, I mean... Number 14 on the Hot 100. Of course I got to mention her. That's impressive. Be real. If she was number
0: 99, you were going to mention her. I usually don't go past
1: 50 when I'm looking up these, but
0: possibly. I like going down and seeing like who just like just irked into the Hot 100 sometimes. <laughs> right.
1: Who just scraped by, just did enough just yeah. to get into the 100. Coming in at number 19, we have Drop It Like It's Hot by Snoop Dogg featuring Pharrell. Yeah, I, that was that song
0: was giant. I actually love that song. It's it's pretty corny in retrospect, but I kind of love that
1: song. Oh yeah, I can still hear Snoop in my head whenever I read those words. Drop it like it's hot, Snoop. <laughs> Fucking Pharrell's production, man. <laughs> it's so wild. And then coming in at number twenty six, we have "The Reason" by Hoobastank. Yeah, yeah, I will. I
0: will. <laughs> that song is a certified classic, and I'll tell it to anybody. I don't care about any other Hoobastank song, but that song is great.
1: But yeah, that's the one that was all over the place. Big, oh, it was huge, like off, giant song. Yeah, like off their first record, I think, before everybody connected the dots between Hoobastank and Incubus. I, there's dots to connect. I don't think I know those dots. Yeah, the singer uh, from Hoobastank and the singer from Incubus, I think we're like childhood friends, grew up together. And that is wild. I never knew that. That's crazy. Number one album of the week of October 19th, 2004. Feels Like Today by your great friends, Rascal Flats. I mean, I don't personally
0: know the guys. We're not, let's not go <laughs> that far. Uh, but they do. Perfect. They're always. They're always on the charts. Anytime we bring up a record around this time, they are on the charts. Yeah, it's I'd, so wild. I don't think I would have guessed that.
1: No, I had no idea uh, that they were anywhere around, especially going over the uh, the Billboard Hot 100 being the, the R&B themed that it was <laughs> in that yeah. top five. I, I never would have guessed that Rascal Flatts was the number one album of the week. Albums released October 2004, starting with the 4th of October. Usher came out with Confessions. Yeah, huge album. Huge album. Finally, please put it
0: out as like a special order a couple oh, really? months ago, and I, I almost pulled the trigger, but I eventually did not just because I don't know if... I don't know if that's something that I like would enjoy listening to four sides of because, you know, it's going to be a two LP. Oh, yeah. All all records around that time were. Yeah, it had like 19 tracks on it, I think, if I remember correctly. There's just some things that like like some bands really translate well to a turntable where like you you actively put it on and Mm -hmm. you listen to the whole thing through. Whereas other stuff, it's like, you know, I'll get the singles
1: and I'll be all right. (laughs) Right. I remember picking up the CD for Confessions and for for the singles. Well, yeah, I mean, that's all we knew off of it, but it was yes. it was a journey. That album was a journey.
0: Yeah. I I don't I I've liked Usher a lot. Again, I think it might be R&B acts. I like singles, but I've mm. I don't know if I've ever listened to a full R&B record.
1: I I mean, 90s R&B was where I probably listened to most of my R&B.
0: I mean, I guess I've listened to some R&B now, but like, I guess that what would you would you still classify like Melba Moore and like some of the soul stuff like like even Aretha Franklin? Would you consider that R&B at a certain point? Like, yeah, in I the don't 80s?
1: Know. well, yeah, I don't I don't know. Classifying things just gets out of hand, I think. Especially when we have no knowledge on it. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely doesn't help. No, not oh, yeah. at all. Uh, coming in on the fifth, REM released "Around the Sun." I haven't listened to it yet.
0: You will, though. I know you. Will. I will. I will. I'm huge R huge REM fan as of now, and I'm I'm hoping that it doesn't like change. Like every time I hear a record and it's different, it adds another like layer of them to me. Yeah. And I I know for a fact I don't think any other record's gonna compete with their first two in my head.
1: Right. And that, that's hard to go through when you have like a huge catalog after that.
0: And I just hope they don't change my opinion enough to be like, no, I don't like all of REM because I want to right. like all of REM. Yeah, for sure. Next up, we have Good Charlotte, the Chronicles of Life and Death. That's not the big one, right? That's the follow up to the big one.
1: I have no idea what this one is. Their big one was The Young and the Hopeless. Oh, gotcha.
0: It sold 4.9 million copies.
1: Really? The Young and the Hopeless? Yeah. Jeez Louise, that's huge. That's a lot of fucking records. (laughs) That's a lot of records. Also released on the 5th of October, William Shatner released Has Been. Yeah, yeah, I was aware that existed. Captain Kirk, (laughs) giving you some audio love.
0: I've listened to... Um, and I guess I, I whatever I, I I guess I don't care about plugging other podcasts on here. There's a podcast <laughs> called Bizarre Albums, and it's hosted by Tony Faxton, who was the drummer of Motion City Soundtrack. Oh, okay, yeah. And he just like does a he just does a rundown of a different like weird album every every week or so, and like that that's where I learned of a lot of weird shit. That's where oh, I learned yeah. of that um that Hawkeye record, Jeremy Renner. That's where I learned of that. Oh yeah. yeah. Who was the the actress who had that record? Fuck, M M. M I have no idea. Mini Driver, Mini Driver. (laughs) But yeah, I I learned a lot of weird albums from that, and like even in his, and he is like a podcast producer now. That's what he he also does. So, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but yeah, that's it's it's a it's a really good show if you like that kind of shit.
1: I might have to check that out because that'd be pretty interesting to see what he he comes out with as far as subject matter goes. Also coming out on the fifth, Tom Waits, the album real gone. Nope. 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 It's, it's all right. He gets a little crazy on that one, but it's Tom. Like Waits. Tom Waits
0: has always been like kind of crazy.
1: No, if you get into his early stuff, it's very like singer songwriter, jazz piano type stuff.
0: Okay. Maybe we just have different ideas of what crazy means in this, in this particular <laughs> oh, part. is that crazy for you guess. I mean it's, it's it'd be crazy if I was listening to it on the radio. <laughs>
1: gotcha. Last album released on the fifth, Wyclef Jean. Welcome to Haiti, Creole one oh one.
0: Man, Wyclef Jean doing anything with the word Haiti in it. This is this before he stole all that money? I have no idea. When was the big earthquake in Haiti? I'm not sure. Because he stole all that money from that charity. He stole charity money? He like set up a charity for like Haiti and then just took all the money. Did
1: he really? Yeah. I didn't know anything about Uh,
0: that. A forensic audit conducted by Scheiderman's office disclosed that in 2010, after the earthquake, Yulay had spent more than $9 million, with half of it, for travel by Jean and other representatives.
1: Wow. $9 million. It also says that he
0: paid himself $100,000 to perform in a charity concert for the organization.
1: (laughs) That's messed up. That's so messed up. You yeah. know what? I'm going to pay myself $100,000 to do a 10-song set. I think it's worth yeah. it.
0: That's all I think of when I think of Wyclef Jean. I know he's an incredible musician, but that, for some reason, that's just in my head. When I think of Wyclef Jean, I think of him stealing Haiti's money. So crazy.
1: Coming out on October 11th, James Blunt, Back to Bedlam. I, I, don't, know any, I don't know anything about James Blunt. I think we talked about him before. He's just a singer songwriter
0: guy, right? Like a little R and B infused.
1: Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to remember the song that he did. He's got like a, a pretty high pitched voice, if I remember correctly.
0: James Blunt's in that group of people with like um. And so I'm not talking ill of him, so don't come at me. Michael Bublé. Oh and, no. And uh, Jason Mraz, like all three of them are kind of in the same realm for me. I don't put
1: any of them together at all, except for. They're all musicians.
0: They're all in my head. Is the same <laughs> kind of like, your and I could probably throw Mayor in there too. Probably
1: throw Mayor. Mayer <laughs> also coming off out on the eleventh, completely other side of the spectrum, we have Behemoth coming out with Demigod. I that's my favorite Behemoth record. Is it? It's a lot of people's favorite Be- Behemoth record.
0: It's great. You've listened to some Behemoth early Behemoth, right?
1: I've listened to a lot of Behemoth. Yeah.
0: Did you listen to Demigod.
1: I have not. That's one I like. I was waiting to pick up on vinyl before I listened to it.
0: One of the tracks on that was had the, I believe had the world record for fastest drums in like a Oh, studio. really?
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: I believe it was it was either like Joel X U L is the name. Like I don't know how to pronounce it. Zole X U L. Sure. It was either that or Slaves Shall Serve. I can't remember which one. Mm, interesting. I told you I, I met the drummer, I think, of Behemoth in the bathroom at Ozfest.
1: Did you really? I don't remember that story.
0: <laughs> I think I think I told it on an early episode where we were both nervous and weren't really th- th- listening gotcha. to what the other was saying.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, it was it Oz it was the last year of Ozfest and I walked in the bathroom and like he was just in there. Like I had just watched them perform and he was like drinking water out of the sink. Oh so wild. And I was like, don't they give you water? And he just like looked at me and said, fuck it. And then walked out of the bathroom. <laughs> I
1: love it. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> it was a wild thing. And I mean, I guess I can never be 100% sure it was him because like, I mean, he had the what's the the, the grease paint on? and Yeah, shit. the
1: yeah the paint and the hood and, and stuff. like, I
0: guess fans like do show up wearing that shit, but it looked just like the dude I saw on stage. So there's a chance it wasn't. But right. I'm, I'm like 90% sure it was. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Uh, coming out on the twelfth, we have Sum Forty One releasing Chuck.
0: Yeah, that's where I fell off. I didn't care. I yeah. love that first record, but Chuck, I didn't really care.
1: Yeah, uh, Most Deaf came out with the new Danger. Never listened. Uh, it's pretty good. Not as not as good as uh, Black on Both Sides, in my opinion. But it's Most Deaf. I I love him as a rapper. I think he's fantastic. Um, and also Straylight Run came out with their self titled record. I don't know who that is straylight run is the I don't want to say side project because uh he left taking back Sunday but remember I was talking about uh on louder now I didn't like it as much because the guitarist and harsh vocalist left the band
0: mm-hmm. this is
1: the straylight run is the band he started after that with uh, I believe his sister oh not really harsh vocals in that record at all but uh it's really good I really really like it
0: I've never even heard it like mentioned, like which is weird. You'd think oh. I would have heard the name mentioned with the people that I know who love taking back Sunday.
1: Well, they might love taking back Sunday without the original guitarist harsh vocalist
0: cause cause they also love louder now, yeah, you're taking back Sunday hottest take. Well, <laughs> your taking back Sunday take is hot,
1: yeah, it is apparently. Released on October 19th, so the same week as Futures, we have Busy Bone with Alpha and Omega. I've never listened to a solo record from any of those guys. I didn't know that Busy Bone came out with a solo record. Do you know that Bizarre has
0: like nine solo records from D12? Really? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That was my same reaction when I heard it.
1: Yeah, I never knew that. I never heard it. I never heard any of like Bizarre's solo stuff being promoted at all okay i guess i lied about nine but he has
0: <laughs> seven wow two came out this this year
1: <laughs> what really
0: yeah i didn't know he was still alive um no he's not the one that died who was the one that died one of them got killed proof proof, oh, got proof killed. no
1: proof got killed i thought bizarre died uh naturally yeah no proof proof was the one that got shot shot up in the club
0: yeah, and uh, Esham and his crew took credit for it, I believe. Oh, did they? I believe so. You know Esham, right? Yeah. you Have you listened to Esham?
1: A long, long time ago, like eighth grade. I had yeah, a tape. That,
0: that's about, yeah, that's about when you're into Esham. <laughs> the <eighth> grade. <laughs> right, right. There's Because like, when, when I listen to it now, there's a lot of nostalgia there for me, but I don't think sure. it's good. Yeah, like, no, I think he has some good tracks, but whole albums are rough
1: to get through. I couldn't pick out a track, Like, even if I heard one playing, I couldn't pick out that it was him.
0: Uh, I think you probably could. Like once you heard one, you're like, oh, yeah. Now I remember he, you'd be able to because he, mm-hmm. his his flow and delivery was very different. <laughs> it was very different. Right.
1: And then you had a group called Nautis, which was fucking
0: awesome. I, I was a big show
1: guy for a while. Uh, apparently. Really, I only had that one cassette that I think I found on the ground somewhere.
0: Yeah, that would make sense, because he was from, <laughs> which, which one was he from? Because Eminem was from 8 Mile, so he was from either, he was from 10th Mile or 7th Mile. I don't know which one.
1: Is that right? I, I have no yeah. idea. That's why they had beef. Ah, gotcha.
0: Maybe that's why I took his side, actually, is because I was anti m m That's probably oh, what happened. maybe.
1: Maybe that's why I didn't take his side, because I liked Eminem at the time. This isn't the Esham cast. I'm saying it is not the Esham cast. Uh, also coming out on the 19th, we have Elliot Smith from a basement on the hill, which was a, a posthumous release of a project he was working on at the time of passing.
0: And that would be one of the exceptions you have about posthumous
1: records. I picked it up, I own it, I've listened to it a few times. It is not my favorite. I always look yeah. at it as an unfinished project because Elliot Smith was the kind of musician who kept working on songs even after they were completed and recorded, he just kept retooling them. So the songs that I hear on this record probably wouldn't have sounded the same. Had he continued to work on them for another, you know, month or two yeah. or any other kind of period of time to mm-hmm. release it properly. Also on the 19th Jello Biafra and the Melvins, came out with never breathe what you can't see.
0: I did not know that was a thing that ever happened. If I'm being I think they put honest. out
1: like three records together.
0: I had no clue. Uh, I never, never knew that.
1: Coming out on the 26th, we have Pavement releasing, a re-releasing Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain. But this one has 49 tracks. Yeah, well, I'm glad that's not the one I had to listen to. <laughs> Willie Nelson released "It Always Will Be," one of his four thousand records. Yes, uh, Simple Plan came out with still not getting any.
0: Yeah, this is that. This is that time where all those bands that were huge pop punk wise were trying to put more like follow up records out and they were not doing it.
1: Yeah, they were not hitting right.
0: because I, I loved that first Simple Plan record. I think "Addicted" is one of my favorite
1: pop punk songs. I I could probably recognize it if I heard it played, but I don't know it off the top of my head. I was I'm never a, a big. dick. I'm addicted to you. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I was never a big simple plan guy. I loved that track so much. Guar came out with War Party. <laughs> okay. The only Guar album
0: I, I'm like super familiar with is Scum Dogs the Universe. Like, that's the only one I'm super
1: familiar with. I don't think I've ever listened to a full Guar record at all
0: oh man let's see if they're on the list because scum dogs will have to go on the list yeah they're not on the list yet so they're going on the list right under your favorite band hole oh no i forgot
1: that was on the list for me damn right it is fucking (laughs) snoked on it uh and then lastly coming out october 26 2004 trick daddy with thug matrimony married to the streets Yeah, I don't think I've ever disliked the Trick Daddy record. I don't think I know anything by Trick Daddy, but I know he was a uh, prominent name for quite a while. Yeah,
0: I I listened to Trick Daddy way before I understood what Trick Daddy was talking
1: about. (laughs) Gotcha. That's it for records released October 2004. I think now we can get into your track-by-track notes for Jimmy World's album Futures.
0: So we'll open it up with the intro track, the opener, which is Futures. So the song Futures off the album Futures Mm -hmm. by the band Jimmy World. First thing I got right off the bat of this is this actually feels refreshing to me. Like this, this track, the sound, it feels refreshing. I'm used to hearing music like this that has such a, a negative lilt to it. Sure. Like it's such a like down on myself, you know, even just downright sad. Right. Yeah. And this didn't give me that. Like, it was just, it, it kind of lift me up and made me happier rather than bring me down, which is what a lot of the music that sounds like this, I get I get from a lot of it. Sure, yeah. I really really like this track and I think it's a great opener. Like, I think I, it really sets the tone for this record.
1: Yeah, I really love the dynamics of this track starting off the way it does with like, kind of a, the heavier riff heavy being, you know heavy for this style of music. Yeah, it's definitely a relative term when we talk about it with this album. But going from that to that um, really toned down middle part of the song Mm -hmm. and then picking back up a little bit, I love that dynamic shift in this song.
0: I was just refreshed. Like, honestly, when I listened to it, I was like, this is awesome because I do like music like this. But most of the time, the music sounds like I'm supposed to be in a dark room alone.
1: Right. The lyrical content turns to <laughs> yes. emo.
0: Yeah. yeah. And not even like, cause I don't mind emotional, but I guess, I guess emo does basically not mean emotional means sad yeah. for the most
1: part. Yeah. I, I guess that like emo does mean emotional, but it, when people talk about it, it takes on the context of just being a sad boy. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, next track we have just tonight. Yep. There are electronic noises in here that you cannot be a fan of.
1: <laughs> uh, the electronic noises take on a different, uh, a different tone for me when it comes to specific bands. Okay. Uh, I don't mind them as much when they're surrounded by real instrumentation.
0: Yeah, I think a major part of them on this track is they're a, they're a perfect garnish. Like they're not right, even a yeah. side; they're yeah. not even a side to your meal. They are just a very nice garnish on this, and they work perfectly.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a sprig of parsley on the side of the plate. Hundred percent. You're not going <laughs> to eat it, but you don't mind that it's there. Yeah, one hundred percent. These first two tracks
0: had a very familiar feel to me. Like okay. I-, I know I've never heard them. Like I know I've never heard them, but there's parts of them where I sounded like they sounded like I've heard either something very similar Mm -hmm. or, or it just reminds me of something. I couldn't quite put my finger on it though. But even though, even if this isn't a a quite a positive leaning track, it still felt more uplifting to me than, than not.
1: That's what I get from Jimmy world. Like even when they're more negative in their lyrical leaning, like they, they have that. They're still optimism. Yeah. They have that like that pop music trope where it's happy sounding music with sad sounding lyrics sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That I really appreciate.
0: Yeah. I I like that. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe it is because it's, it's the, the music is a little happier that makes it much more palatable for me. Oh yeah. It's just a really great solid track. No problems. No problems here at all. Good. Good. Next track is work. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Backing vocals done by Liz fair on this track. Ask me
0: how long in my life. I thought Liz Fair was like a place you could go to. (laughs) Is that right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. The All I Can Say I Should Have Said chorus is Mm -hmm. a ripping time. Like it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I love this track. His voice is soothing. Mm-hmm. But not so soothing that it's perfect and bores me. Like there's still imperfections in it. Sure, yeah, okay. I, it is a a big thing for me.
1: I wonder if the backing vocals have anything to do with that because if you listen, there's like two tracks of backing vocals behind him, where Liz okay. Fair does her normal higher pitched female sounding voice. But mm-hmm. then if you listen real close, you can hear her doing like a deeper vocal harmony underneath it it's like i didn't realize it until um until i looked up the notes for this where i found out that she was doing backing vocals on this yeah. track that i can pick it out now and like oh my gosh like she's she's doing two different backing track vocals on this song it's wild
0: the uh the OOOs in this song mm-hmm. do not bother me at all and normally oh really me, normally they bother me outside of like blink 182 like anybody else doing <laughs> right. o's. It's always been like, oh, so you just didn't have anything to put there. Right. But this, and, it, and this will be a theme going forward that the, the the writing mm-hmm. on these are, you can tell how much thought is put into every one of these tracks oh, when for it's being sure. written.
1: Yeah. Then that's one of the notes that uh, looking up reviews on this, the critics loved the songwriting on this. And personally, I like this is my favorite Jimmy World record as well. As you know, this is the only one I've listened to. Yeah. <laughs> Next track is "Kill."
0: Mm-hmm. It's more of a slower, like cooldown song sure. at the beginning, um, which is per- which is fine because we had a rip roaring first three tracks. Like I'm I'm okay to ease off the throttle a little bit here, cool it down a little bit. Uh, there is a mention of Heat Miser, which it sure is. Now hold on, hold on. Let me pull this because I heard it. Yeah, and I have to. That's Elliot Smith's band.
1: One hundred percent, my friend. It's on the list for you. OK, OK. I, and actually, I knew the, the track that he mentions, the, the track that he mentions, that's her favorite, is on the record I plan on giving you.
0: After I heard it, I knew it was either Elliot's. Well, at first, I thought it was somehow related to Pavement, but okay. that was where my head went. But sure. then when I thought about it more, I was like, no, 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 no. It's definitely it's a it's a singular guy. And then I got to it and I was so stoked to figure it out. I was like, I got <laughs> that reference. I understand it all. <laughs> oh, little. I'm so proud of you. I needed this slower song after the first couple. Sure. I enjoyed it, but I definitely I definitely enjoyed it a little less than the others so far. Yeah, gotcha. Except for the chorus, because holy shit, do these guys know how to write a chorus? They're it's really
1: good. Yeah,
0: their choruses and the hooks—the so whole song could be garbage, and the hook will sound flawless. Like it's really, really good. Yeah, these guys know pop music. If there's anything for you know, sure, If they know anything. They know pop music. Yeah. The next track is "The World You Love." Mm-hmm. This sounded much different than the lyrics I'm reading. Like when I when I listened to it <laughs> at first, I was I was I, I enjoyed. By the way, I enjoyed all these songs like without diving into them. I didn't have a problem right. with really any of the songs. I listened to them and I, I enjoyed them. Like I said, they've seemed positive leaning to me. Yeah. When I read the lyrics to this one, it did not did not seem like what I was hearing. Right. I lo- I love it sonically, but it seemed like a bit of a downer w- when I got into the lyrics into the meat of this thing. Sure. Again, though, great sounding chorus. It's it's probably a minute longer than I'd like okay but with the bridge part it's probably a better track like standalone like if you stand it alone with that little bridge in there it's a much better track but when i'm listening through the album i think i think i'd shave a minute off it gotcha next track is pain yes it takes my pain away it's fucking (laughs) so good it's so (laughs) fucking good Just excellent stuff here. Super catchy, super well written. Again, the O's don't bother me. The O's are being used as O's should be, and this track is the perfect length.
1: Yeah, I don't see them being used as like the lack of lyrical content, but more of adding like a vocal instrument to the song.
0: It's like shading. Like there, it's not what's coloring the song. It's giving a little shadow to it. Yeah, depth. Next song we have Drugs Are Me. Sure. Very slow
1: piano intro the the cool down of the cool downs
0: yeah wow is this track beautiful and special and extremely
1: relatable it like, is so heavy in the feelings
0: is there is that a violin did i hear a violin at some point on here
1: i know you're the, you're the instrument guy so this track has string arrangements so multiple okay. stringed instruments done by david campbell now yeah listen to this list of artists he's worked with he worked with carol king linda ronstadt jackson brown cat stevens art garfunkel dolly parton the band x the temptations alice cooper leonard cohen aerosmith willie nelson journey green day beck hole goo goo dolls alanis morissette stone temple pilots ricky martin Macy Gray, Counting Crows, Everlast, Alien Ant Farm, Smash Mouth, Paul McCartney, Lit, Taproot, Good Charlotte, Linkin Park, Eve Six, Newfound Glory, Kelly Clarkson, Avril Levine, The Mars Volta, Fort Minor, Bon Jovi, B.B. King, My Chemical Romance, Meat Loaf, Justin Timberlake, Jewel, Beyonce, Sum 41, The Spill Canvas, Maroon 5, Kid Rock, Metallica, Uncle Cracker, Stank, Dido, Adele, Rush, Taylor Swift, Pink, Avenged Sevenfold, OK Go, Tim McGraw, Hanson, Harry Styles, Ariana Grande, Ben Platt, and Billie Eilish,
0: just to name a few. So anybody that's had a hit single in the past 50 years.
1: Dude, he has so much work under his belt with Legendary X. It is crazy. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty insane. Yeah. Uh,
0: As somebody who... Uh, I mean, I've said it before. No, it's no surprise. I've had parents with substance issues, mm-hmm. um, and the the whole like I can't tell if it's you or the drugs. Yeah, in, insane. Like, I felt that to my core. For connected sure. with that to my core. Um, both, by the way, both parents seemingly in better places. I mean, my dad still has some you know alcohol problems here and there, but my mother's absolutely in a much better place, which I'm so proud of her about. Yeah, but good, good. This and does this also like address both sides of that relationship at one point? Like they almost go back and forth? I kind of feel like it does, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 this track is absolutely incredible. I knew that these guys were great music- musicians with how this album was laid out. Like mm-hmm. it just just by going from this the speed of the first couple tracks to slowing it down to picking up a tiny bit to coming into this, it, I but the way that this track alone is breathtaking blows me away. This yeah. track is it, it might be flawless. It's an amazing piece of music. It's an amazing piece of art. This track is gorgeous. This track is a throne track, without a doubt. Like, this yeah, is one man. of the greatest songs I've heard this year, if not in my life. It's so good. This track is amazing.
1: The crazy thing, we skip this song most of the time when we listen to the record because I mean, yeah, I it's see just that, so like. <laughs> Like I don't have parents that have uh substance abuse issues at all, but I feel mm-hmm. this one way too deep.
0: Yeah, no, it was, yeah, it, it it took me back. It took me aback. Like when I listened to oh, it, I was sure. like, wow. Yeah. And it, it did a little bit when I, like before I knew all the lyrics, but then once I got into it and like studied this with all the lyrics, it was like, holy shit, like this is another level. And that's when I saw that back and forth where they were talking like both sides of it. Mm-hmm. It's,
1: it feels like when you confront some like you uh when family members confront somebody with an abuse issue. Intervention? Yeah, an intervention. It it, it definitely feels like uh a musical intervention. Like it is wild.
0: See, it feels to me like even more defeated than that. Because mm. if you're at the point where you're 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 just saying like, I can't tell if it's you or the drugs, you've already been down that road. Sure. about having the conversation that was like i wish you wouldn't do this i wish this isn't what was happening so then it's almost like that's just the language you speak now is i don't know if this is you or the drugs and you're saying it to get to oh, them like,
1: kind of defeated more
0: yeah like you're yeah. saying it to get to them but it also doesn't get to them right because you because it you don't know if it's them or the drugs like it, yeah. it's just a this song is it's it's incredible it's yeah. a, it's a piece of art on this album without a doubt So then moving on to Polaris. Yeah. The line you say that love goes anywhere in your darkest times. It's just enough to know it's there Mm -hmm. again. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. It's hard for any track to come after that last one for me. For sure. So this one like works. I love this track, Mm -hmm. Uh, but is it like, is it a breakup song or like seeing the breakup coming? I I don't know. I don't know. I liked it.
1: It does. uh, This song contains Emily's favorite lyrics i think of all time but okay. of of this album for sure the i feel that when i'm old i'll look at you and know the world was beautiful that's such a good li- that's such a smooth line yes <laughs> i i liked it.
0: it it was a little long for me though okay. which is which is wild because as you noticed i didn't say a word about the say, length yeah of drugs are me and it's like seven minutes long mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a long one, which is funny because you saying that Polaris was long, yeah, when it's not even t- close to the drugs of I me. Mean, but I think that just proves, though, that
0: when I hear something that's too long, it just means I'm not feeling it enough. Sure, I I it's what it is to me. Yeah. So moving on to nothing wrong, mm-hmm. the pace picked up enough to latch me back in, but not enough to completely change the tone that the album already set. Okay. So it's again, I could tell. The, the thought that goes into this track list, the thought that goes into each individual track, the thought that goes into the speed at which they're doing things is, is unreal. It's on a whole nother level. The, the track is good, but that's, that was what I picked up is that they picked up the pace just enough to like latch me back in, sure. but not enough to turn the tone around of what they've been driving towards this, the, this whole track so far or the whole album. so far.
1: On the vinyl release, they have a track in between Polaris and this called Shame that doesn't necessarily pick up the pace at all. It's kind of in between uh, Polaris mm-hmm. and Nothing More. Uh, it's a good track, but it, it was only on the vinyl or on the like the deluxe reissue of this where there's like 37 tracks on it.
0: Yeah, I don't know if
1: I could do 37 tracks unless there were a couple <laughs> more. Well, they're like demo versions games. and uh, okay. non-released LP versions.
0: Next up, we have Night Drive. Yep. This song 100% paints itself in my head the whole way through it. Like I can, I I can see this in my head perfectly. It starts out as like, like they're just parking. There might be some virginity being taken. (laughs) If you want to dive into it that way. I don't know. Something about his vocals in this one irks me a little bit though. I don't know what the difference is. I don't know what the difference is at all, but there's a part of it where I'm like,
1: I don't, I don't know if that's, I what feel I like he's trying to be more whispery to be more sexy because this is the uh, the sensual song on the record. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that's it, maybe. But uh, yeah, his vocals do sound a little more
0: uh, subdued. Yeah, I could. I would say that might be it. That yeah. that would that would make sense. Uh, also, are those like ethereal bells I hear? I know you're the bell guy. So <laughs> I needed to know if these are bells or not.
1: I can't tell if they're. The bells in which I I know of through Lucas playing them, but yeah, there's definitely some uh, more brass percussion sounding instruments in this one.
0: And then I, I I also feel like this is the longest track on the record, but it definitely isn't.
1: It is not the longest track, but it it gives you it can give you that feel if you're uh, if you're not quite if you're not in it, yeah.
0: And then final track closer, we have the Jordan, because um, it's 23.
1: 23, I got it.
0: <laughs> and why this wasn't about his flu game, I'll never know. It should have <laughs> been. The long intro of this after the track prior feeling long didn't help this track at all for me. Okay. But it's 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 high quality meat inside of the sandwich once you really get into it, it's a very beautiful song yeah and I I had to like I feel like this is a song that may have played at your wedding in my head is what I thought <laughs> of I, was like, I can see this at your wedding
1: I you know what I don't know if we played it at the wedding or not okay I it it wasn't our first dance song I know that but it wouldn't surprise me if I put this on the list for the DJ to play it
0: okay yeah that that's all when I finished it like with the lyrics and everything I was like yeah I could see that I could yeah. see that at the end of there uh
1: I covered this song at a couple shows before uh which is really <laughs> tough to do when it's just you and acoustic guitar especially with yeah, that I- opening but yeah this song there is a four album run for Jimmy world where they pick the best songs to close their albums okay. and i think this, this is like the the perfect song to close the record
0: yeah personally you cut off that intro at the beginning of it right. and it's a better song to me but i understand you're, you if you're winding down an album i'm sure it was thought yeah. of like i don't think anything is placed anywhere on this record without them going over it with a fine tooth comb
1: i think and i think that shows in the vinyl release and the cd release with that cutting out that one track Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's it's not a bad track but i don't know that it's necessary yeah and i think they realized that and as a vision a vision as a whole record they were like no we don't need it let's keep it at you know let's keep it where we have it and streamline it a bit more
0: yeah, it, and it's it's absolutely a great closer. So on this record, we had a great opener and a great closer. Yeah. So if that's the case, I guess I might as well just do. Uh, I've done this in a while. A Bookend test for this. Oh yeah,
1: we haven't done that in a long time.
0: There's two very different vibes. Yeah, in the opener and the closer here, and I think you, I think you could figure out the journey in between the two. I don't know if you're going to get to the depths that you get to with for sure. like drugs or me. Yeah. But if you hear those two, you're definitely hearing a difference. I think that it almost feels like the first two, two, three, four songs on this Mm -hmm. were almost like tracks that were left off of the last record. And then and then through this record, they evolved into the band that will be going on to make the next record. Like you can hear them evolving and changing into this softer, more heartfelt band almost, I guess. Sure. Yeah. And they just feel like a more evolved band by the end of it. Like at the beginning, they're kind of just a rock band, and at the end, they're musicians. Like they're <laughs> right. artists, right? That's that's the journey that it gets through, I think. So then, top three, I guess. Yeah, go with your top three. Uh, my number three is Pain, just for the the, the call out. <laughs> it's it's so good. It's yeah. so good. I love it. My number two is actually the opener, Futures. Okay because it was the first time I've had a Jimmy Eat world song apart from sweetness or the middle. And it was very refreshing to me. Yeah. And then number number one's no surprise. It's drug me because yeah. that thing is so good. I'm guessing 23 is your number one.
1: 23 is my number one. Actually, it's funny because Emily and I were talking like, I was like, I need to get your top three. If we're going to mention this for your birthday, you know, and then yes. we started going over it and our top threes are identical.
0: So both of you have 23 at, at number one.
1: Yep. Polaris is number then, two. Okay. Polaris is number two. And then kill is number three. Okay.
0: Yeah. See, Polaris, I, I think Polaris definitely hits differently mm. when it's not after drugs are me. Like when yeah. I would shuffle this, and hear it differently. Right. But in the context of the record, drugs are me. I'm so much back on my heels after drugs are me. <laughs> right. Yeah. That you could have played the Macarena afterwards, and I'd be like, "That's a decent Jimmy World song, you know, it's <laughs> right, all right." Right. I'm just, I was just floored by it, like genuinely yeah. floored by that
1: track. Yeah. So, uh, Jimmy World Futures, thrown own phone or grown, my friend.
0: It's an own. It's a definite own. I, like after my first full run through, mm-hmm. I actually went to look for it on vinyl, and you can't get it for less than like sixty bucks. Right. Yeah. Now.
1: It's it's. Pretty up there as far as uh just picking something up.
0: Yeah, there's like eight different pressings, and all of them are like minimum sixty.
1: Yeah. And so I was
0: like, I was like, it'll be repressed at some point, or I'll find it somewhere. But it, it is an own, and I will own it. I I really enjoyed the record. Oh, I'm glad. I it, it makes me want to listen to more Jimmy World for sure. But I I don't want it to be like that the Weezer situation where I don't oh. want to dive too deep, and then there's too much, and then I lose interest in what I do like.
1: I could give you like, like I said earlier, there's four records of theirs that I think are just amazing. They have a lot of stuff later on that I don't really like as much. So Bleed American is the one with the middle and sweetness. And I'm definitely going to go listen to that one. I'm definitely going to go super good
0: because that, that is, that is kind of the, as I said, there seems like there were two different Jimmy worlds on this record. Sure and i did enjoy as much as i love drugs or me i did enjoy that the the, the rock and sound the, the rock and sound more than i enjoyed the other stuff but i still enjoyed the other stuff a lot too
1: yeah uh the record after this chase this light is an excellent record i love it uh it's really a really close second uh as far as their discography goes for me but that that also has like memories tied to it because uh, I bought that CD for Emily, and we listened to it on our drive to our honeymoon. So,
0: yeah, that's definitely a different vibe than I would get for it listening to it alone in my car. <laughs> right, but it's still it's still
1: super good. <laughs> yeah. And then their uh, their record previous to Bleed American called Clarity is really really good too.
0: Good shit. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna go listen to the one before this to see if I hear what I'm anticipating hearing. Mm-hmm. Although I don't think it's gonna all be that, but. We'll see. I'm definitely going to check out some more Jimmy world though. Yes. I, I, I enjoyed the hell out of this record. Awesome. I didn't have any expectations, but this surpassed it. Especially oh, that drugs are me track. That drugs are me track. That
1: one's floored. That one hits hard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, oh, wow. I don't usually get down on stuff like that. So right. like I, <laughs> for some reason it, it really, really, it really hit the right note.
1: Yeah. Well, you weren't list, just listening to Jimmy world this week. Uh, what else? No. What else were you listening to?
0: I was listening to something maybe on the other side of the spectrum. Um, <laughs> my record of the week is Two Chains' debut record, uh, based on a true story.
1: <laughs> oh wow, yeah, that's that's completely on the opposite side of the spectrum. Yeah, I mean, if
0: there's anybody else out there listening to Jimmy World Futures and Two Chains <laughs> based on a true story at the same time, let me know because we're gonna hang out. But <laughs> right. yeah, I, I just. I don't know. I, I haven't listened to Two Chains in a while, and mm-hmm. I just threw it on, and I was like, yeah,
1: yeah, I still like Two Chains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was your record of the week? Uh, my record of the week is uh, actually Endless Mike and the Beagle Club, St. Paul. Okay. Yeah. 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 I went back and uh, listened to, they only have like four records, right? They have four like
0: actual records, and yeah. they have a lot of other just random stuff.
1: Yeah, I listened to all four, and then really latched on to St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, really loved it, so much so that I have it coming. It should be here on Wednesday. Yeah, that's what I like
0: to hear. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm yeah. stoked. That's that's awesome. I don't even own St. Paul on vinyl. Oh, mind.
1: no, it's super good. Actually, if you want it, it's. Uh, I know you're not ordering right now, but it's only 12 bucks at AF Records. Yeah, that
0: is very cheap. I may have to just yeah, go with that. Yeah, it's super
1: cheap. And I think uh $4 shipping. So a total of like 16 bucks,
0: which is cheaper than you can get like basically any record for before shipping. 100%. Yeah. Good shit. I'm glad. And yeah, did it's so mean, good. like you you so you listened to all their all four of their records? Mhm. Yeah. And and you enjoyed the whole journey?
1: I did. Uh the one in between the Husky Tenor and St. Paul didn't hit me as hard. Uh, I forget is what the, the title is. We are was. at war. It was the green
0: cover. Yeah, it's like we are still at war or something. War. I can't remember. Off yeah, right I
1: think now. so. Uh, it was good. It just didn't like it. It didn't do for me as much as uh, the husky tenor or Saint Paul well, did.
0: Was Baghdad on that one?
1: Uh, I can't remember.
0: It's the it's the fucking hardcore song. You would remember if it was on there.
1: I I, I listened to all of them while I was working, so I just had yeah, them. Okay. I just had them. Uh, I
0: still feel like it would have been a, a switch up though, because Mike is harsh vocals the whole time.
1: I'll have to re-listen to it. Uh, okay,
0: not the whole time. Uh, I lied, but
1: no, Baghdad is not on it. Okay,
0: that must be on like a B sides record. Then you need to listen to Baghdad. Now. I need
1: to listen to it then, because yeah, I don't. I don't think I heard Baghdad. No, I listened to pieces of string too small to use. I listened mm-hmm. to the husky tenor. I listened to. Uh, we are still at war, and then Saint Paul.
0: Yes, you have to listen to that B sides, or at least, uh, at least I'll find a video, or I'll send you a link to Baghdad. Because man, that okay. song, <laughs> it fucking goes. They blew me, blew my mind when they played it live. I said, "What's happening? This is not endless Mike.
1: <laughs> this is not
0: endless Mike at all." Yeah. So then, all it's left is for me to give you next week's record. I guess.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. Let's uh, let's hear it. What do we? What are we?
0: I had it planned already. Down. I, this is one that I didn't ha- I wasn't like worried after the Devil Driver episode there was another record that I think I was listening to probably the same time that I was on a Devil Driver record hmm. and it there's some wild shit on this record okay. I don't I'm I'm like 90% sure you haven't listened to it Okay uh, because I don't think you've said you've
1: listened to any Soulfly before I have not listened to any Soulfly
0: So it's going to be the record Primitive by Primitive. Soulfly Okay I, I want you to go into it and listen to it without like looking at the track list first. Okay. Because there's some, I'm not even going to say anything. Just try to listen to it without, without like looking. sight unseen, knowing what's coming or anything like that.
1: Okay. I will not take notes on the first listen then.
0: I mean, you could take notes, but just, I
1: will, well, when I take, just notes, don't, don't look should, like, ahead. I look at the, uh, the, the track. Okay. Names, yeah. At least.
0: yeah but just I'll, give it a go. Give it a go through first. Yeah. 'Cause there is some there's some very interesting things on this record. And I think it's gonna be a very, a very fun, weird episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh good. Yeah, I'm excited. And if, if we're being hundred percent honest, I kinda just want to listen to this record. That's Dude, kinda that, why I want to. That's where we're gonna start getting
1: up. like like with Fort Minor. I was like, we I hadn't even thought of Fort Minor, but then you mentioned it, I was like, man, I really want to listen to that now. So uh, yeah, I'll just give it to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I'm
0: very excited for this. There's some there's some stuff going on that I'm excited to oh, talk about. And I'm excited to get your opinion on some things. Excellent. So I guess that's it. Um yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at A Whale Pod. Follow us on the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. Send us an email at pod at gmo.com. Go tell a veterinarian about us because... There's nothing we need more than more vets listening to podcasts. Because we, you know they have rough days.
1: Happy, healthy animals out there.
0: Yes. And, and if if nothing else, this this podcast is to make you happy and healthy. Nope. Healthy doesn't apply. Um, <laughs> mentally healthy. Other than, mentally. Yeah. Mentally healthy. <laughs> other than that, though, Scott, thank you for the episode. Thank you for the record. Thank you for the friendship.
1: Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you liked it. I'm sure Emily will be really glad that you liked it too. She was worried. I'm glad
0: that I liked it also. I did not want to come in here and shit on this thing, <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't even have to try hard not to. Like, I, yeah. I, the album was that good.
1: I'm so glad. So happy birthday, Emily! Yeah. Once again, I love um, you.
0: Did I interrupt the "I love you"? If I did, nope, I'm sorry. Nope, you didn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, other than that, I think that's it. So, yeah. Are you listening?
1: Are you listening? Happy birthday to my beautiful wife, Emily. I love you so much. Happy birthday, Emily. We came here just for you. We came here for you. Yeah, once again, I love you. Happy birthday, Emily. Lifestyles of the rich and the famous. They're always complaining.
0: Always complaining. If money was such a problem.
1: I feel that when I'm old, I'll look at you and know the world
0: was beautiful.